Nate, love is in the air. <laughs> yes, it is. It's Valentine's Day. We're your two handsome co-hosts. For those of you who do not watch the YouTube video, you should head over there. I'm dressed in pink. And uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a Valentine's Day episode. I never thought we would have a themed episode around Valentine's Day. But when I was at Brooklyn... Yeah, when I was in New York, when I was in Brooklyn in December, hanging out with Nate, doing some work with clients, um, we've talked about that in, on past episodes since the beginning of the year, Nate just said something in passing while we were hanging out, having lunch, and I thought, man, we really need to do an episode on that, because I'm fascinated. I want to hear everything about this. So the topic of today's episode, the general topic is special programs that you can run in your school to add more cash flow, to make better use of your floor space, to provide something interesting, maybe even noteworthy or referral-worthy amongst your customer base. That's the general idea. But the specific topic is date night. So what Nate was talking to me about while we were having lunch, I'm pretty sure it was at the sushi place near your house, uh, or maybe we were at the factory. I don't remember. Anyway, what Nate was talking about was they have this program called Date Night at Brooklyn Music Factory. And I peppered him with a few questions and thought, oh, we've got to talk about this more in depth because I think this could be inspiring to those who listen to the podcast in terms of just they could copy this program straight out. I don't think it's yep. – we're going to talk about it. I think you'll find that it isn't some difficult thing to try to figure out. You don't need some fancy – big curriculum like this is this is something you could implement in your school for a, a additional staff hours and and further cash flow for your school um or it could inspire you to create a program that's unique to you or that's your brainchild and in fact if you do something like that reach out to us let us know if you have a special program we'd like to interview you if you have some unique thing that you're doing to bring more cash flow into your school We'd love to talk about it on the podcast. And we even have some guests lined up later this year that are going to talk about just that sort of thing. But anyway, Nate, I'm excited to talk about this. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Daniel. This is Nate. And on the Seven Figure Music School podcast, we like to talk about and dig into what makes a successful fund to run music school. So Nate, first question for you. You ready for this? I am ready. It's date night. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> it's date night. Okay. Could you just give me the one to two minute explanation of what date night is? What is the date night program at Brooklyn Music Factory? Date night. Super simple. You drop your kids off at the factory. I can't remember exact time right now we do it, but it depends on whether it's a Friday or Saturday. Drop your kids off. Go on a date. Come back two or three hours later. Pick them up. Why do you want to drop them at the factory rather than hire a babysitter? Because at BMF, there's a pizza party, there's a dance party, the kids all write a speed song, they play some big music games, they have a good time, and they're psyched when you come to pick them up. It's like a guilt-free date night, Daniel. That's what it's all about. Your kids had more fun than you did, parents. <laughs> I love that. So okay. That's, that, that's date night. In the that, there's so much to dig into there. I'm very excited about this. So first, why does Brooklyn Music Factory do this? Like, how does this relate to the overall purpose and vision of Brooklyn Music Factory and any other thoughts you have about why you do this? 
Yeah. So originally we did it as part of an annual priority back in 2018. We had just moved into our previous location, 600 DeGraw Street. It was a big old space, 5,500 square feet. We had 12 classrooms. We had a jumbo community room. And we basically, one of our three priorities was maximize DeGraw. That's what we call it. Maximize 600 DeGraw. So you already alluded to this in your intro, which was we have space. It's basically prime real estate and it's not being used. Mm. So we brainstormed all kinds of ways we could use the space. Everything from like morning toddler classes to renting out our studios to rehearse your band to, you know, all the kind mm -hmm. of lists, nothing like crazy, but like we had a big list. And one of the things we ended up with was, wait, let's do date night. Because uh, that leads to our other reason for why is we have all these highly trained teachers, as, as all of our listeners know, like we at the factory, we really pride ourselves on investing in um, great training and all of that. And so we felt really confident that if we offered additional learning opportunities to our teachers and our staff, they'd be totally down. Um, so that's the other piece of it is when you're creating this product and we'll talk about this in a little bit more in a few minutes, but when you're creating whatever your uh, new product is, you want to make sure you're not um, making too much work for yourself, right? You want to be very mindful of like what kind of pressure it's going to put on the systems and the people in your business um, so that it's something that you look forward to doing consistently, because like with anything, it's going to take time to grow the new product and make it a make it a um, no brainer for your families. Mm, that's 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 really cool. What went into the development of it? Was it difficult? Yeah. So there might have been a time in the history of the factory where we would have been like we would have had a brainstorm like date night, and then we would have tried to design the entire roadmap. Who's we? We meaning like the leadership team. It would have been okay. like me and Pira, you know, who's camp director and my co-founder. It might have been the two of us, okay. or it might have been the two of us plus, um, you know, Catherine, who was okay. then our marketing director. And that would have been it. Okay. And that's kind of fine to start. For a lot of our listeners, it's just going to be one person who's actually going to sort of map the whole thing out in a G-Doc and brainstorm what you should test out. But instead, what we do now is we always do a people power focus. We always say, wait a minute, who would be awesome at running date night from our current faculty and staff? Then we go to them and we say, hey, you got three hours with kids, make 10 to 20 kids between what age range do you want? What do you want to mm. do with them? Mm. What's going to make it super fun and easy for you? Right? How many, how much support do you need, if any? At what number of kids do you definitely need like a teen to be there with you? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, sure. and so you just go to your one or two teachers that you think would be just badass at throwing a Friday night, you know, date night party for a pile of kids and start by asking them. So that's how we began to develop it. That's the product piece, right? So what are they, what are you actually going to promise? And then the second part of development is, you know, you need to do your pricing. Mm. Right. And so let me just tell you what we're currently doing and how we're currently pricing it at the factory. Okay. So we anticipate we can sell our max is 25 kids. That's just based on space. For us, that seems like the right number. Um, we, for Brooklyn, we're going to price it at $45 per child to drop them off. Comes with dinner, a juice box, 
I think you get two hours for our date night. Might be as much as three, but I think right now we're doing two hours. We're paying um, the lead teacher for those two hours. Uh, right now, one of the, we priced them around 80, and then we pay an assistant around 40, right? And probably you can adjust from there. Um, for the pizza juice boxes and craft supplies, I estimated we needed about $150 a night to cover if you have as many as 25 kids there. Um, and then, so that brings gross revenue to around 1100, 1200 bucks, net income of about 730 bucks. I have a marketing line which says it's gonna cost us about five to $10 per conversion. And between you and I, Daniel, um, that's not in paid ads. That's actually in just effort time mm. right of building the email campaign launching it and then maybe doing some text follow-up some phone call follow-up with people that clicked or, or looked interested so um so that's that that last piece is you have to price the product and then you have to map out your marketing plan whatever it's going to be okay are you marketing this internally to mm. current families only or are you actually drawing people from the community that maybe their child isn't already a member of Brooklyn Music Factory. Are you getting those people into this program? So we have tested some different things. Wow. But we are 95% drawing from our current customer base. Now, this is really important. Your customer base is more nuanced than you know it to be right now. So there are some families at BMF, we learned this over time, that will only purchase products, one-off products from BMF. They will only come to a holiday camp. They will only come and book a week of summer camp. It's what's fascinating and is our current date night results, uh, something like 70% of those that are buying our date nights are coming from our camp families, which is totally fascinating to me, Daniel, because like we talk about, um, as you grow as a business owner, you will grow in your understanding of who you're serving, how you're serving them, and why they feel well served. Why do they know and trust to purchase from you? Um, so we are right now at BMF with our email list, et cetera, and our customer base, we are marketing almost exclusively through email marketing. What's the other piece that we mar that where where else do we spend money? We spend money on printed materials. So we'll absolutely do printed cards that we hand out to families as they're coming to BMF, but we also put up posters um, outside of BMF. We have a retail presence. So for people that are walking by, they can learn about that. They can grab a card. We've done a little bit of flyering, a little bit of flyering in the neighborhood, but we probably won't do too much of that moving forward. So anyways, email marketing to existing. So that's internal marketing and then some print campaign. We haven't done any paid digital. Okay. I have a follow-up question to this. Mm. How often are you doing these date nights? Is it once a month? Are you doing it every single week? Like, Because I imagine that's a function of the demand that you're generating with the marketing. So what's the frequency for you all right now? So currently we set it um, in our new home, which we opened a year and a half ago when this is coming out. We, we didn't do date nights right away because we had other priorities in our new space. But then when we finally la started launching them, we started at two times a month. Um, and we offered them either Friday evenings, which are a little bit later, like seven to nine, that kind of thing. Or we did Saturday evenings a little bit earlier, like six to eight. 
Mm. Um, we have found that sustaining two times a month, I think that that's our goal, but it's not without effort to try to sustain two times a month. And I mean that mostly from a systems and personnel standpoint, uh, because as we're getting busier and busier and busier in our space, we have to be mindful of the um, how hard everybody's working. So are they showing up and closing up BMF at 10 p.m., having arrived at midnight, I mean, at noon that day, that's right. a long day, right? So you have to be, you have to be mindful of your people power um, and, and, and um, yeah, allocating that resource carefully. But I think two times a month is a great goal in your first couple few years of testing mm-hmm. this out. Yeah. Now, if the, uh, again, a, a, a question is showing up for me that I hadn't thought of before the episode. So just doing a little bit of math there, let's say that, you know, 26 weeks out of 52 a year, you do this, you have basically full classes every time, which I'm sure wouldn't happen. But let's just say for the sake of argument, I was just running the numbers based on what you said earlier as to what your margins were. Cause this is, a th- these are margins that are above 50%. Yeah. With those what you told me. Are 54% yeah. the one I, I described before. Yeah. So, you know, that's adding about, again, with perfectly full classes and every other week, it's adding about $18,000 to the bottom line after expenses. That amount added to the margin for a school of your size, why is that worth it to you? Mm, You know, when you're running a summer camp that does a half million a year, three quarters of a million a year, how is a program this small worth it to you? And this isn't like a snarky question. I'm curious how you're thinking about this. I mean, you know me, like in 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 the clients that we work with on financial fluency, one of the growth stages for them is understanding that you need to know what percentage of revenue comes from each product in your suite. So you're asking the question, Nate. Here's an extra add-on. What percentage of your income do you expect to come from that? By the way, I would put this in the same category as birthday parties, et cetera. And what we're looking to do is have 1% to 3% of our annual gross come from these types of alternative revenue stream products, right? Sort of one-off products. So your question is, is that high enough? Um, I think it is high enough and more and valuable enough because of a couple of reasons. Number one, you're taking advantage of one of your largest investments, which is your location, the real estate you're investing in. So, um, you know, our rent at BMF is going to be somewhere hovering around 10%, right? So of our gross revenue, we're we're investing 10% of that in there. When we were going through our profit first calculator and I was showing you that we got a 54% return, that was on direct expenses, not indirect expenses. So when we say we want to maximize use of our space, it's because you also want to make sure you're covering your electric bill your rent in multiple ways. You want to have different ways of attacking your operating expense expenses, right? By having different products that are running at different times of day. Okay, so it's valuable from that way, uh, from that perspective. It's also valuable, Daniel, because you have all of these uh, great teachers and staff and you want to give them additional earning opportunities, right? So if I go back to that profit first calculator and I have a conversation with a totally badass teacher is going to run it. And I'm like, how's 80 bucks for running those two hours or three hours? And they say, you know what? That's not really enough. I'm like, you tell me what's going to work for you. And I'll adjust that number accordingly to make sure 
that they feel like they're well compensated. If I bump them up like I did right now in my calculator while we're talking to 120 bucks, that's what they're going to take home for for that date night. It it bumps our contribution margin or the or the um, profit margin to 50 percent from 54 percent. But I don't have any problem with that. I'm totally fine with the 50% instead of 54% by paying them a little bit more. So another reason why this is really valuable to us, even though $18,000 may not seem like a huge chunk of money to a company the size of BMF, it's really valuable to know that a percentage of that is going to our staff and faculty, right? So giving them additional learning opportunities. The last reason why, Daniel, is because these families, remember, you're not selling a piano lesson. You are enrolling a family. You're not even enrolling a student. You're enrolling a family. And this family gets to know and trust your school as this place that is like a safe haven for them. It's a learning space for them. It's a place where their student will start coming as they get older, will come an hour early and stay an hour late, right? It becomes this home away from home. Like, um, uh, what's his name? Schwartz from who the, one of the, not the original founder, but the famous CEO of Starbucks. He talked about that third space. He talked about the space that we all need. Right. And when Starbucks was starting, like he was really inspired by that piece. He's like great coffee and a third space, you know, regardless of what you think about Starbucks. Now that was the Genesis. That was his impetus. Right. And so it's very much the same at a place like BMF and your family's will get to know and trust you as a resource. And so when you give them additional opportunities to send their kids there, that develops even deeper, a deeper well of trust, right? So um, that's the last reason why for me. Interesting. I would even add one on that I'm sure will resonate, but there's also some remarkability to it. It's a product that almost markets itself because you've got a family that's been coming to BMF for three years and, you know, one mom is talking to another mom. And, oh yeah. You know, me and Chad are going out on a date night this Friday. Well, how do you find a babysitter? Just, it's so hard to find a baby. Oh, we don't even have a babysitter. We take them actually to their music. What? You know, like it, it, there's some remarkability to it because it's such an unusual thing. Um, I think I just have one other thing to point out and then I have another question for you, but Years ago, I think 2017, back in the days, the early days of this business, I wrote a blog post. Uh, I don't really do that anymore. It's all video and podcast now, but at the time I was only writing posts. I wrote a blog post called The Only Three Ways to Grow Your Music Studio. And we might put that in the show notes, have a link on it um, for this episode. I wrote this post called The Only Three Ways to Grow Your Music Studio. And basically, it was a take on an old concept from this business guy named Jay Abraham. He says, there's only three ways to grow a business. You either get more customers, you charge your customers more, or you give them more opportunities to buy. Yes. That third category is really difficult for a music studio. You kind of lose that third dimension almost. But what you're describing here is a really good idea for that third dimension. We can imagine getting more students. We can imagine like raising rates, that sort of thing, but it's challenging to, to find other ways for the, other ways to serve the families or the adults in your studio, if you're an adult studio. And, and I just want to point out that 
that uh, this is another way to kind of fill that third category. And if you're looking, you know, for inspiration or that sort of thing around how to grow your studio in general, just head over to that blog post. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, Nate, let's talk a little bit. You alluded to this before, but let's talk about what do the kids actually do during that time? You gave a flyover. Maybe let's just dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, I love this. Just to be clear, and and you know, one of the questions you always ask that I really appreciate is like, wait, what can a school owner do right now to get started? So one thing you can do right now is pause, get a piece of paper out, get a pencil, pen, whatever you need, get your phone out and start writing notes. Because I'm going to just walk you through what we call a one sheet. We have a one sheet for everything we're marketing, right? And so there's a one sheet. I pulled up like a one sheet from six years ago and a one sheet from this year, okay? So the first thing you're going to do, yeah, you're just going to outline like exactly um, all of the basic details. What's the cost going to be? In our case, we have a discount if you drop off two people, two kids. You have a discount if you drop, big discount if you drop off three. Um, Then you're going to put together just a straight up schedule. Let me read you the schedule. This is the schedule from back in the day when we first started doing them, whatever, six, seven, eight years ago. 6 p.m., drop off and open play. 6.15, welcome and drum circle. Can you play my beat? Can you play my name? That's the drum circle game we're going to play. 6.30, dinner includes a transition. Kids help with food setup and cleanup. Love that detail. The kids help set up and clean up. Then it's 7 o'clock and we go to big music games. We write a group speed song and then we also have a karaoke uh, chapter in there, right? And we separate into two groups based on age. Ages 4 to 6, ages 7 to 11. We've actually made it younger now. It's four to nine only for date nights currently. Then finally at eight o'clock, you share your song. We have a circle game. At 8.15, we do freeze dance. 8.30, craft table. 8.45, clean up and pick up. Done. Okay? That's the jam right there. So it's really straightforward. I mean, it's like, again, hopefully you took notes. And then in the rest of our one sheet, it just lists literally like, who are we selling to? A elevator pitch of it, description, um, the pricing, like I said, and then also any links, like a link to a landing page, a link to a checkout um, page. So you can just link directly in there. People can just pay directly. And then any graphics that we have for it. In addition to, I link straight to my profit first calculator or my pricing calculator that I do for every single product we ever sell, whether it's a 30 minute piano lesson or a date night. So that's your one sheet. Notice how basic that one sheet is. By the way, Daniel, we should definitely do an episode on creating one sheets for all your products in your music school. Let's write that down at some point because I think a template for how to create a one sheet and why it's so valuable for you is a real good systems level up. Mm. So that's it for date night. That's what happens. It actually sounds super fun as I read through what the kids get to do. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that sounds badass. I'll play <laughs> right. dance right yeah. now. That's better than the babysitter coming over and just sitting the kids in front of Netflix kids for three hours while you're <laughs> yeah, out. Totally. You know? Um I also noticed there was a little cameo there from one of the sponsors of this podcast, Big Music Games. So you, so the kids play the big music games. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So for those of our listeners that don't know, uh, big music games is uh, there's just it's an it's a great ear training theory game suite. 
Uh, we have it covers, there's four different categories of fluencies, melody, harmony, rhythm, songwriting. Um, and it's either interactive play, sort of click and play, or it's video play. They're just literally a whole playlist of videos. And so at date night, we just put up on the Jumbotron. We call it a Jumbotron. It's really just a big pull-down projector screen. But I like the word Jumbotron, so that's what we call it. So we put the big music games up on the big screen, and the kids all play it as a group watching. Um, which, incidentally, Daniel, I just yesterday was playing big music games on the big screen in our community room with a whole bunch of parents and students at BMF in our community room. So... That's Big Music Games. You can go to bigmusicgames.com slash 7FMS. You can start playing games right now with your students. You want them enrolling into your group piano class. You know, that's what you mm -hmm. want them doing. So uh, number one, anticipate that you need to automate this wherever possible. By that, I mean you've got an email campaign. You have an abandoned cart. It goes straight to a checkout cart. They pay you in advance. There's no collection for you. It's all automated. There's an abandoned cart. If they don't check out, then they get three more emails. But your sales team doesn't have to think at all about this. Mm. All they have to do is manage the spreadsheet. Like I pulled up our date night spreadsheet, and there's you know, 35 family names on there from our first couple of months of doing it. Bunch of them are repeat customers. The only thing you want your operations team to manage is uh, making sure that everybody knows who's showing up to date night, et cetera, and maybe answering a few questions along the way. So that's anticipation number one. Anticipation number two is that um, you don't want to put a bunch of pressure on your op leadership team or your ops team around this, right? Your school manager, when we say we adopt teachers or staff that are going to be great for date night, we really want them to kind of own the product. Right. We don't want it to be the kind of thing where Jessica, who's our director of families and communication, is spending lots of valuable time on just building the systems and operations and ordering the juice boxes and doing all these things or having to worry about ordering pizza Friday before the date night. Right. Once you start getting into the weeds like that with your team, then you really have mismanaged your people. So you want your date night to be um, something that can be self-managed from those that are running it. And so, so I would just say, you know, the work you're going to do as a business owner when you want to launch this is in all the pre-production, making sure that you have a really good one page. It's just a G doc and it links to all the important information that anybody needs to succeed with this, right? Whether that's the landing page, whether that's an FAQ page on your website, whether that's the spreadsheet of all the names of the people that have purchased, you need to make sure that you've just set that that the team up for success on it because you cannot be spending like five hours of your month freaking out over date night. You've got much more important systems to be working on. So those are the two areas I'd say anticipate. Uh, oh, sorry. Let me add one more thing. One more thing. Be patient, right? The first date night we did this fall and we have a jumbo email list. I think only had something like something like four families sign up. And I was almost pulled the plug on it, Daniel, and I didn't, which I'm grateful I didn't because the next date night had something like 10 or 11 families. And then after that, it was like an easy sell. Like we, we, we haven't hit 25 families yet, but I'm very confident within a year, we will be at a 25 family mark. 
as long as we just keep offering it, and as you put it so well, that referral funnel just keeps happening. People just talk about it, yeah. and then they come out. So that's the last piece. you got to have patience on this. Don't think that you're going to be putting money in the bank in the first couple few months. Just think that you're building a long-term revenue stream. Yes. Oh, man. I have so much to say about that. We did a series of camp episodes last year, and they it was actually right around this time. It was throughout February of 2023. You can go back and check those out. And they raise a lot of buzz. I had clients emailing me about them and talking about them. I had people who've never been clients like emailing and talking about them. Oh, I really love those episodes. Like we got a lot of feedback on those episodes. And then I followed up with people throughout the year because it's just what I like to do. And I had a lot of people who quote unquote were discouraged because they ran their first year of summer camps and, oh, you know, it wasn't, I really had this goal and, and you know, we didn't even come close to that goal and I just don't know if it's worth it running it a second year. And I said, I said this in the episode, in those episodes on summer camp, that I started that, doing summer camp myself in two different businesses. One was the Piano Express summer camp, which we started in 2005. And one was a summer camp program in my own personal studio. And in both cases, and, and it's probably more notable for the second one in my own studio because I was a lot better at marketing at that time. But in both cases... Our first years were dismal compared to what we did in year three. You have to take the long view on these things because people typically don't buy things that are new. They're a little reticent to buy things like that. There's, just, there's a whole host of reasons why the first year is never going to be as good as subsequent years. And I would say I'm hearing the same thing about this program too, that this has got to be something that you want to see make succeed, not like, ooh, get rich quick scheme with some of these extra programs I can throw in the school to make some more cash. You can't think about it that way. You just can't. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we, we harp on this all the time. Move slowly, move methodically, and know where you're, you know, envision your future. And I, lo I love how you put it a three-year map. Even something like date night, $40 a ticket, $20 a ticket in your market, whatever's the appropriate amount. Doesn't seem like much right now. But if you're, and we, we talked about this on a previous episode this is a classic example of an asset you're building in your business. Something that's repeatable, whether it's camp or date night or your group classes. You're building something that's reliable and repeatable season after season. That's the long-term view, right? That's the long view. You want to maintain that long view whenever possible. And dude, I'm going to be honest. I was super bummed that there were only four families on the first date night. I literally went to the team and said, should we cancel? You know, and, and so here's, mm. I mean, I've been doing it a long time and I thought, let's cancel. I need to go back and listen to our camp episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make one other comment. Nobody asked for my opinion. I'm going to give it anyway. I bet this is something, Nate, you, you mentioned this. I bet this is something where... This could potentially be recurring revenue. And what I mean by that is this could almost be like an order bump. You know, McDonald's famously added tons of their bottom line when they started training all their cashiers to say, would you like fries with that? Right. Similarly, you know, you could maybe pre-sell four date nights per year 
with your summer with your with your year round lesson packages it, it just added as like an order bump the other observation uh the other observation i would add would be that if you're not if you're not however going to use the salespeople to to sell these cuz is it really worth their time to be selling a $40 ticket it is one of those things where you know for BMF or for anyone who would implement something like this if this is going to be something that there's not a human selling it. You need to make those order pages. You need to make those sales pages top notch. It's got to be just this absolutely seamless, integrated, really easy experience for a parent to be like, oh man, oh man, I want to, uh, you know, I don't have to, I have the day off on Friday. Oh man, I'd love to, to, you know, go out on Friday night now that I've got this unexpected time. Oh, let me go see if there's any space available today. And they go, it's like one page. It's super e easy ordering experience. Like that's got to, that's got to just my marketing brain, my sales brain is like, we got to make those sales pages really easy to use. And then there's that recurring opportunity potentially where maybe you could pre-sell a package of like four where they have four tickets bought in advance or something like that. So that they get priority you know, make sure that you don't miss out on a date night by ordering in advance. You can use them throughout the next 12 months or something like that. I don't know. Just some thoughts I had. I love that idea, dude. And, you know, one of the things we automated was our holiday camps, which are our day camps, not the summer week-long mm. camps. And by automated, I mean we just gave people all a choice, and then they paid in full at the checkout. So it wasn't like, let me. we mm. used to do the kind of thing where we were like, let's get your name and number and make sure there's room in the camp. We're just like, nah, let's just take their money and ask for forgiveness if it turns out there's not room in the camp. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so I love your idea of just adding a simple bump for yeah. would you like to add date night, you know, in February if you're ordering a, you know, February winter break camp or something. Yeah. Nice idea. By the way, and I know we need to wrap this up, <laughs> we've come up with some very cool ideas for future episodes. And I'd love to hear from our fans. Like, do you want to hear this? Because even just your sales page order bump idea, mm. that could absolutely be its own episode. Because at Brooklyn Music Factory, we've gotten very clear on our automation and our sales funnel and when to automate and how, do you, how to set up these sales pages and how to do it um, season after season, year after year. Uh, I wonder if that would be valuable to our listeners because you should just write us and let us know. Yeah. Um, also, I love the idea of coming up with a sort of Sis, another systems episode on this idea of creating one sheets for any product in your product suite at your school. What do you think, Daniel? Where what, do we want to hear from our fans on that? Oh yeah, of course, of course. And uh, I'm, I'm not, Nate. <laughs> I know we're ending. We said this was going to be a short episode, but I knew there was a lot here. I'm just going to say one more thing: the way to market this program and potentially even sell those advanced tickets or whatever like that is just. I think as adults, we know a lot of things we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be eating this and not eating that. And we're supposed to be going to this, you know, to work out. Well, one of the things that is commonly in our mind, and, and we carry guilt around all these things that we're not doing. It's like, oh, yeah, they, th there's like some stat out there that like you need, you know, you need to go on this many um you need to have this many positive experiences with your partner every year, you know? So I think the statistic is like, you should be going out on dates at least once a month, but ideally two or something like that, you know? Nice. And, and it's like, I would 100% use that in the marketing material. I would totally play that angle. It would not be like, Ooh, give your kids, you know, this, all. it would be, 
uh, we're going to help improve your relationship. Like that would be the angle I take. Anyway, love just that. a little extra there. But yeah, some of these other ideas that you're talking about, I, I you know, love to hear from the audience. You know, what questions do you even have left over from this one, from this episode? Uh, certainly email us. You can go to greenmusicstudio.com, enter something on the contact form. You can uh, just reply to the email you got this from. If you are not currently on our email list to get the podcast episodes as they come out, just go to growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS. You can sign up there. Um, for some of the free resources that we give away, go to growyourmusicstudio.com slash free. And we've got a ton of stuff on how to use AI in your music school, uh, group lessons, marketing, getting more students, retention, tons of free resources we've created over the years. Anyway, I think that's a wrap, Nate. Thanks so much. You really gave us a lot to think about with this awesome program. And I wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.